morning. If you're visiting with us, I know there's a lot of you. We got a lot of family uh, in this uh, this week for Christmas, and uh, we got the whole Taylor clan over here, and uh, we got the whole cousins wing over here, and we just had our cousins Christmas yesterday. And if that's not even all of them, y'all, if all of Esther's family showed up, we'd have to switch to two services. But that's most of them, and, and the, the best part is here. Um, yes, you can share that. Um, at any rate, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of things to be excited about. One of the big things, we've been praying for Doyle Cousins. Doyle is here this morning. Um, that's a big thing because uh, we've been praying for him after his stroke. Um, you need to be praying for Heather right now because all those children are in there and uh, she's doing children's church, so we, we want to pray for her. She's going to kill me if I go long. Um, at, at any rate, we're glad you're here. And uh, normally we would have a meal for you fifth Sunday. We're not going to do that. But if you come back next week, we'll feed you. Um, the, the, uh, there are a few things I want to touch on before we uh, move on. One of those is Wednesday night. We will meet. Um, that's uh, New Year's Day. Uh, we will have a combined devotional in here um, at 6.30, and so if you were wondering about that, we will be here, um, and so uh, make plans to be here for that. Um, that was a question that we were being asked. I want to tell you about next Sunday, we're going to start a new series we're calling Stronger, and uh, in that series, uh, go ahead, Marshall, click that slide for me. Um, in that series, we're going to talk about building stronger families and building stronger relationships and building stronger marriages. And uh, that's going to lead to a, a workshop that we're going to do on January the 25th. We're bringing in Trey and Leah Morgan. That is, uh, they do these things all over the country. Um, the next couple of slides have uh, some quotes from people who have been in that thing. And, and it's an it's a all-day building stronger marriages workshop. And uh, it's, it's good if you're newlyweds. It's good if you've been married for 40 years. Um, it's one of those things that, that they pride themselves on being fun and, and on having a good time and, and not being awkward and weird. And uh, so uh, that's one of those cool things. You will want to make plans to be here. Space is limited, so you want to go ahead and get registered for that as soon as possible. So having said all that, that's what's coming up. Wanted to get you excited about that, as excited as I am, um, because there's a lot of cool things coming up in the month of January. So, now, as we're wrapping up our series, we've been doing a series called Unwrapping Christmas, and we've been talking about peeling back the layers of stuff that goes along with Christmas and kind of getting down to to what's really there. We've heard the story so many times. We've we've talked about it so much. The culture has has created so much mythology around it that we kind of miss the the real heart, the real gifts of of Christmas. And this week it's kind of like what happened? What happened to Christmas? That was, that was, I was walking into Target on Friday, and there was a guy and his wife in front of me, and they walked in, the guy turns to his wife, and he goes, what happened to Christmas? And she goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, it was Christmas two days ago, and now they're setting out Valentine's Day. What, what happened to Christmas? And she goes, well, I guess it's over, and we're moving on. And he says, kind of makes you wonder what difference any of it makes. 
That stuck with me because I know that feeling. You, you know that feeling. Because, you know, you, you go and, and, and you, you've got this list and you've got these toys that your kids want, you know, and you're looking for the toy. And, and you do that thing where you go to all the stores or, or you, you stalk it online uh, so that when it pops up on Amazon sale or whatever, you can nab it. And then you, you wrestle with it. You know, you keep going, Marsha. You wrestle with the Black Friday. You wrestle with um, all the... The, the things and, and fighting for the gifts and, and you finally find it or, or, or you wrestle with the shipping and, and you deal with them bringing it to somebody else's house or having to send it back to your house and, and you finally get this thing, this gift that they want and you know they're just going to be thrilled so you wrap that thing up, you put it under the tree and you can't wait for Christmas morning, you're more excited than they are, the kids come in, they open the thing up and they play with the box, Right? And you go, what difference does it make? What's the point of any of this? What difference does any of it make? And that's what we want to wrap up with this morning. We want to talk about what difference does Christmas make? What difference is made because of Jesus? Because there are a lot of people who are there this week. Christmas is over. And, and Christmas was great. And it was, it was holy. And it was it was peaceful and it was silent I don't know any of those people I have children but the, the it, it was it was a great time and and, and you kind of got centered but now the real world's going to start to kick back in right and so we got to go back to work we got to go back to school the real world's coming crashing in and and that's what happens to Mary and Joseph if, if you have your Bibles go ahead and turn to Luke 2 that's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to pick up their story in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Him is Jesus. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. We're going to stop right there for just a minute. The real world comes crashing back in because there were responsibilities that they had to take care of. There were taxes that had to be paid. If you were a Roman citizen, the, the firstborn child came with it some certain taxes. You had to pay taxes on that child. If you didn't pay that tax... You had a year to, to get it paid. If you didn't pay it, then after that first year, the Romans would double the tax every 30 days until it was paid. That usually was good enough motivation. But if you still didn't do it, then they'd come and take you and put you in jail. And the Romans were really skilled at hurting people. And uh, so they made sure they got their money. They made our IRS look weak because they got their money. Um, and, and so... That was one of the responsibilities, but you also had religious responsibilities. Mary and Joseph load up, and they're going to the temple. They're going to Jerusalem because there are fees to be collected. There are rituals to be performed. And, and all that stuff that had gone along with them, the, the shepherds and the angels and the visions and all that wonder and, and, and amazement kind of gets settled back on the back burner because the real world's crashing in, and there are things we've got to take care of. 
According to the law, the law of Moses, Leviticus 12 specifically, a new mother was unclean for seven days after birth. And so for seven days, she was considered unclean. She could, if you had contact with her, uh, her and the child were considered unclean. They couldn't have any religious exposure. Um, but then after the seven days, she would, she would, they would take the baby, if it was a boy, and, and he would be circumcised and he would be named on the eighth day. And, and then she was still unclean for another 33 days after that. So another 30 days, another month after the birth, after, so really a total of 40 days, she is, is unclean. And the only way she can change that is through her sanctification process. The purification is what Luke calls it. And so she has to undergo her own ritual. She has to create her own ritual. She has to go to Jerusalem. She has to present herself at the temple. She has to bring with her a sacrifice. Now, she's supposed to bring a lamb. And you bring the lamb to be sacrificed, to be a sin offering, to be a a purity offering that cleanses her, makes her once again pure in the eyes of the Lord. In cases of abject poverty, when you could not afford a lamb, then you could bring two young pigeons or two turtle doves. That was only because you couldn't afford the real sacrifice. Gives you a glimpse into where Mary and Joseph were. They were in that impoverished section of the population. And so they were bringing the poor woman's offering. Two young pigeons or two turtle doves. She's coming to the temple to fulfill her religious duty. And moving away from the wonder of Christmas back into the real world. It's a hard existence they had. Poverty, struggling to, to not just make ends meet like we think of it. Every day was a struggle to get together what you were going to eat that day. If you were going to be able to have the meal at the end of the day. And you spent your whole day putting that meal together. We don't get that because we've got tons of food going bad in our refrigerators right now. Left over from our Christmas dinners. They were struggling just to have enough to make it through the day. And then the next day would have to take care of itself. But then there were the, the, the state requirements, the Roman requirements that they had to perform. They had to pay their taxes. They had to do certain things in fulfillment of, of Roman censuses. That's why they were in Bethlehem in the first place. And so they had all that requirements on them. And then there was all the religious requirements, all the law of Moses, everything that, that had been put on them. And so they're, they're, They're on their way. They're going to the temple to present Mary for purification. And and you got to be going. You know, it was great. There were shepherds. There were angels. There was singing. There was visions. But what difference does any of it make? I mean, really, life's right back to where it was before. Life's right back to normal. What difference does it make? It does make a difference because thousands of years later, we are here today talking about it. So obviously it made a big difference. Jesus' life makes a big difference. 
if you it, think about the magnitude that this life makes such a difference that everything in history is divided into before it happened and after it happened. That's pretty amazing. That's a pretty big difference that Jesus makes. H.G. Wells was also a historian, and he wrote more than 1,900 years later, a historian like myself who doesn't even call himself a Christian finds the picture centering irresistibly around the life and character of this most significant man. The historian's test of an individual's greatness is what did he leave to grow? Did he start men to thinking along fresh lines with a vigor that persisted after him? By this test, Jesus stands first. Over one-third of all people on the earth right now claim to follow this man. It's a pretty big difference. That's a pretty big difference. And so as we're talking about what difference does this make, that's a pretty big difference. Yale historian Yaroslav Pelikan wrote, Regardless of what anyone personally thinks or believes about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. That's a pretty big deal. What difference does Christmas make? Well, followers of Jesus are changing the world all the time. Followers of Jesus are stepping out and and doing things that nobody else will do. Roy Hattersley was a columnist for the British newspaper UK Guardian, and he was here when Hurricane Katrina happened. He was was reporting on on the relief effort and the follow-up afterwards. And, and he writes because he was profoundly affected watching the Salvation Army and several other faith-based organizations in, its, in the relief effort after Katrina. Now, Hattersley is an atheist, and he writes, it ought to be possible to live a Christian life without being a Christian. Notable by their absence were the teams from rationalist society, free thinkers, clubs, and atheists like myself the sort of people who scoff at religion's intellectual absurdity. According to Hattersley, it's an unavoidable conclusion that Christians are the people most likely to take the risks and make the sacrifices involved in helping others. Why do they do that? That's the difference that Jesus makes. Jesus makes a huge difference in, in the entire world. During, during the time of Jesus' existence, there were upstart messiahs almost weekly. There were guys stepping out and proclaiming themselves to be the chosen one of God. Can anybody name any of those? You, want you can? We'll get back to you later. It's okay, I can't either. Most of them we can't name because their names didn't even survive. Most of their names aren't even recorded. We know that there was a rebellion, and we know the Romans squashed the rebellion. We don't really know that much about it. But we know about Jesus. Before Jesus, there was no childhood. Think about this. We're having children's church right now. We're talking about all the children. Before Jesus, children were non-entities. Before Jesus, children were disposable. They had no voice. They had no say-so. They didn't matter, especially if they were girls. It was legal in Roman society to, we, we want to talk about how bad ours is, to abort up to 10 days after birth. 
regardless of gender. Because children didn't matter. But then Jesus comes along and says, let the children come to me because these are who owns the kingdom of heaven. That's a big difference. Our culture is different because of Jesus. Before Jesus, the sick were rejected. They were cast aside. Before Jesus, the sick were pushed out of the town. They were pushed out of the village. They were forced to live in their own commune, in their own colony, outside of the city because they couldn't touch anybody else. They couldn't come into contact with anybody else. But Jesus comes along and and He touches them. He loves them. He, He says these are people who are made in the image of God. And now His followers create hospitals. Create children's hospitals. Create what well, you won't find the Hail Allah Muslim Muhammad Hospital. Doesn't exist. You won't find the atheist there is no God children's home. Doesn't exist. Because Jesus makes a difference. Before Jesus, women were property. And and You hear people all the time talk about the subjugation of women by the church. But Jesus made such a difference in in the lives of women. Before Jesus, women couldn't own property. They couldn't hold jobs. They couldn't, couldn't, I mean, that's, that's why you see so many prostitutes running around in the New Testament. Because if a woman's husband passed away, she had no sons. She had no man to speak for her. She had two choices. She could go back to her father or she could sell her body because that's all she had. She couldn't hold a job. She couldn't own property. She couldn't, I mean, her house, her lands, anything she had would be taken from her and given to the nearest male relative. She had nothing. But Jesus allowed women to follow Him. Jesus taught women. When Martha's fussing about Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, it's not about house cleaning. It's about she's doing something she's not supposed to be doing. She's being a disciple. Women are not allowed to do that. She doesn't know her place. But Jesus says, no, her place is right here. Jesus allows women to support His ministry. Unheard of, unthinkable for most men of His time. The common prayer among rabbis was, thank you, God, for not making me a Gentile or a woman. We have no record anywhere of Jesus saying anything remotely close to that. Which for that time is unthinkable. And now, whenever the followers of Jesus come in, whenever a a culture is changed because Christianity begins to take root, one of the first things you see happening is a difference in the way its citizens regard women. Because that's a difference Jesus makes. Difference is not limited to Christmas. Baby Jesus is cute. Baby Jesus is sweet. We, we, we like that image. We like Christmas because sweet little eight pound, six ounce, doesn't know a word yet, baby Jesus is not going to tell you to deny yourself. 
He's not going to ask you to die to yourself. He's not going to ask you to give up everything that matters to you and follow Him. But the difference Jesus makes can't stay in the manger. Let's pick up our text again. Luke 2, starting at verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. They're coming into the temple and this crazy old man comes up and takes the baby and begins to praise God and begins to bless God, begins to sing this song to God about death. And you want to talk about the real world coming crashing in. If you're reading this, you're going, wait a minute, why are we talking about death? Can't death stay away just for a couple more days? Can't we push death aside and not think about that for a little bit so we can have Christmas? But it doesn't work that way, does it, Steve? See, the Stone family lost their mother on Christmas Eve because death doesn't take a holiday. Death doesn't wait and say well let me wait till the holidays are over and then I'll come back but here's the difference Jesus makes and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law now wait a minute we were talking about the purification of Mary what are they doing for him According to Jewish law, at the same time of the purification of the mother, the father is required to redeem the firstborn. He is required to buy back the firstborn. Joseph was coming, and and, now remember, they couldn't afford the lamb. They couldn't afford the full sacrifice. But he has to pay five shekels of silver which is about 20 days' wages at that time. He has to pay five shekels of silver to the priest to buy back his child. Because in the Exodus, God claimed all the firstborn for himself. Remember that? The plagues? You with me? Just nod your head like this. Let me know you're still awake. He bought, the Lord claimed all the firstborn for himself. And so in order for the parents, when it says the, the firstborn would be holy to the Lord, it means set apart, it means dedicated to the Lord. They belong to God. And so in order for the father to have his child, he had to go buy him back. He had to redeem him. And so they're going in to redeem the Redeemer. When he does, he meets Simeon. And Simeon says, this child is the redemption. This child is the great buyback. You don't get it. But this child 
is going to, to not just let the, 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 the world come crash back in. Instead, this child is going to change the world. This child is going to make it where death is no longer something to be feared. This child is going to make it where death is no longer the, the great end, the great specter hanging over mankind. This child is going to make it where your servant can depart in peace. And the difference Jesus makes is redemption. The difference Jesus makes is salvation. But He can't make that difference in the manger. He can only make that difference at the cross. As we move away from Christmas, the real world starts crashing in. And it's easy to think that we've left Jesus behind, but we can't do that. Because if we leave Jesus in the manger, we miss out on the true difference that He makes, not just in our world, but in our lives. The difference Jesus makes is more than just what He's done to culture. It's more than just what He's done to His followers. It's the fact that through Him... Death no longer has victory over mankind. Sin no longer holds us captive. Instead, we have been redeemed. We have been sanctified. We have been made holy. And like Simeon, we can say, now your servant may depart in peace. No longer am I scared of what's going to happen to me. I'm going home. I'm going to be with my Lord. Because that's the difference that Jesus makes. So where are you this morning? You're here this morning, and hey, you're not here by accident. God wanted you to be here for this moment. Whether it's personally, and, and you have to make some kind of conference, conversation with God, hey, that's not our business. This is not about anything about us. If you need to right now, I, I, I tell you, when we sing this song, you tell God, this year is going to be about you. This year is going to be about you. I've been trying to drive this, this, this vehicle for so long, and I know that every time I do, I end up in the ditch. So this year, I'm giving it up to you. I want you to take control. You can do that. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to make a big show of it. We don't need to know about that. But we believe here in this church that prayer is the work of the church. And if we can pray for you, we want to do that. That's important to us. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. That's why we offer opportunities for you to come and have shepherds pray with you. Because when two or more agree on something, Jesus says that He will grant that. That's powerful. That's the difference that Jesus makes. Maybe it's time for you to give your life to Him in a public way. To repent, to confess, to be baptized... To, to publicly say, I'm submitting to you. It's yours. I don't know where you are this morning, but we want to help you fulfill that. We want to help you find out the difference that Jesus can make in your life. Won't you come right now while together we stand and sing?